Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and boom. Here we go. We're here. Once again. Hi. Hi. Z is with us to get things rolling. Once yeah. again. It's kind of been the norm, huh, for the past couple weeks? Become the, the new norm, yes. Mm. Like to come in right away. Yeah. So. Okay, so, um, so, uh, the Pokemon card that I have today is in the Gandolin Guzzler GX. It's a tag team. It's an Ultra Beast 2, which is, a like, a Pokemon, but it's, like, a like, like, it comes out of a, a wormhole from the sky called an Ultra Wormhole. An Ultra Wormhole? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it has 280 hit points. It's a dragon type. And I'm going to tell you how rare it is. It's a hyper rare. What are the different levels of rare? Uh, so it's a rare, a ultra rare, and a hyper rare. Hyper rare is the most rare? Yeah, so I, so this is a hyper rare, and then I, and then, uh, and then, uh, Dragonite, what, my Dragonite GX is rare too. Sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean a hyper rare too. Cool. And uh, it its attacks are jet price, which does one hundred and eighty damage. And I think it's jet pierce. Jet. That's the best one. What's that one? Jet pierce. Which one? That attack. That His one. His ability. Yeah. Okay. What does it say? So it's. Do you mean like under it or the... Just attack? those two words, the two red words. Uh, those, are kind of, those are kind of funky words to figure vi- out. Violent... Nice. Appeti- appetite. Yes. Good job. Very violent good. appetite. <laughs> violent appetite. That's a pretty sweet... Uh... Once during your turn, before your attack, you may discard a Pokemon from your hand if, yeah. if you do heal... 60 damage from this Pokemon. Cool. And then you got Jet Pierce, and then you got, what's the last one? His GX attack. Chaotic. Chaotic? Chaotic. Chaotic or GX. There you go. Cool, man. Oh, you know what we should uh, show Rob real quick? What? Go get a Japanese Pokemon card. So... Okay. No, I'll just go get it. Well, we're not gonna say anything. <laughs> How'd you score these? Uh, this is one that Oscar oh, okay. brought back. Okay. When he went over there for whatever reason. Is he? Did he end up heading over there now? I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, now that I mentioned his name, yeah, I was yep. like, I haven't seen him in forever. I think because he was waiting on like some paperwork to go through because he's going over there to teach English or something. Oh, really? I think that's what he was doing. Okay. Because I remember he mentioned it all to us, and we kind of like gave him his going away ass whoopings. But then he just kept mm. showing up and showing up and showing up. And I mm. think he was waiting on some sort of paperwork paperwork stuff. Okay. And I must have went through because I haven't seen him in quite some time. Yeah. No, I haven't seen him for a while either. So It's going to be a cool experience for him. Yeah, man. Getting you know, to go over to yeah. Japan and teach English. Maybe he'll come back like Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss went over and spent a year or two in Japan. Yeah, but he cheated and won some freaking obscure martial arts competition, and that led him to believe that he was a genius. And four hour work week was the result. <laughs> when, did what he what did he win? Did he go the I, same Josh Wayskin route, like the push push hand stuff? I can't remember, man. So something like that. Did he? It was yeah. I remember though. It was an obscure. Josh like actually won. I remember Tim Ferriss's claim to fame was that there was a they changed the rules the next year. Like, cause he he found a, he he found found a, a loophole in the rule. In game the system. In game the system, basically, and he, he had almost no experience with this at all. But he like figured out a rule, a loophole in the rule that he was able to exploit all the way to fucking winning the damn thing. And then yeah, they they changed the rule the next year. But that was one of his fucking claims to fame. I remember reading that, being like, that's bullshit, dude. Like, I wouldn't be proud of that. Like, I know some people, like, oh, look at me, you know, I fucking found a way around the system, and that shows how smart I am. Now you should listen to me, too, because I can show you how to get around the system. Because that's kind of how he was setting it up, oh. was like, you know, look how fucking smart See, I, I didn't, am. I never even realized that. I mean, I'm privy to a lot of his stuff, and I've listened yeah. to it, but I didn't know he was, uh, he had gained some sort of martial Again, arts. I could be totally wrong, but I'm... I'm I'm 90 plus percent sure that that. that's the story behind it. Yeah, now we're going to do the thing. All right, so it's Japanese, man, but I was playing around on my phone and you have a translate feature so you can... Is this just through Google? Yeah, this is just through Google. It reads it for you? 
Auto detect, English. Boom. Oh, and it changes it on the card. On the card. Dude, that is crazy. That so is crazy. for those people listening, so the card itself is all in Japanese characters. And then the magic Google that we have scans it and actually like it looks on like it changes itself. the card. Yeah, it, it changes. It doesn't just tell you what it says. It's like the card physically changes. Yeah, the text on the card changes, changes to English. Dude, that is insane. Isn't that crazy? That is pretty, yeah, but, that is pretty sweet. Yeah, but like on the card, it doesn't like change right. into English. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, that's pretty sweet, man. So yeah, we had fun yesterday trying to like... You guys just learned that? Just yeah, that I was playing around. I don't know what I was doing. What was I doing? Oh, I was trying to look up use the Google lens to because he likes to know how rare these things are yeah and uh, yeah and then uh, and then dad uh, said that uh, he would look it up so then he did and how rare regard of where GX was so then um, he said that and then he saw that there was like a so then he saw that there was like a Japanese A and then yeah, and then he saw that there was an a, uh, translate. So then he uh, was going to see if it could work. So he told me to get a Japanese card, and then he, like, scanned it to see. Yes. Thanks for recreating <laughs> what we just said. So don't, don't play on his phone. This is his phone, and this he's using that as the backup recorder, man. So oh. okay. okay. So if you're going to come in here, you can't touch that one. All okay. Right? You shouldn't be touching people's phones, period. But, uh, yes, I was scanning it with the cool. Google Lens, because you can do that. Just, like, hold something up and right. hit a button, and it'll fucking pull up. What oh, do you want to buy it? What do you want to know about it? And then I saw the Translate thing. I was like, man, I wonder. And sure That's enough, sweet, man. Because it? it's, it's almost like the augmented reality. It is augmented it is reality. Aug- it is. That is exactly it what it is. It changes the reality that you're seeing through yep. the phone. You're looking through the phone. It's different. It's, it's, it's an English it's on the phone. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I didn't think it would work like that. I had no idea. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Okay. You can head on, man. Okay, and also I'm just going to tell you how rare the Garage Word GX was. All right, tell us. A hyper rare. Hyper rare. All right. Excellent. Okay. Thanks, dude. Bye. Bye. Bye, buddy. See you in a bit. Love you. Bye. <laughs> it's funny. He just woke up and I got here. Like he he gets out of bed, he comes out, guns blazing. Yeah, yeah, literally. There's, there's no like warm. There's no warm up. There's nah. no warm up. He's into it. It's in just, the mornings, on the weekday mornings, he has to have some warm up time because he doesn't want to take a shower right away. Because then that means he's getting to school, right? Well, it's just he doesn't want to take a shower. And so, like, you know, he gets up on Saturdays and he doesn't have to take a shower right away. So he can come out guns blazing and no one's going to call him on it. Like, oh, go get your shower out of the way. And weekday mornings, he's like, oh, so tired. It's tough to get out of bed. And it's like, all right, we'll give you a few minutes to pull yourself together. And then you got to go take a shower. You know what I mean? But if we'd be like, oh, you don't got to go take a shower. Let's go play. All right, let's go. So, he knows how to play oh, yeah. the system, man. He's playing the system. Yeah, it's like, what Z are you getting usually depends on what's what, his angle. Yeah, what parent, what are parents making him do at this right. particular time? What, is, what does Z really want? Yeah, what does Z want? What are the adults making me do? Yeah. How do I need to behave? How do we rectify this? <laughs> the incongruities within these things. It's not matching so. up. What I want to do to what the adults want me to do don't match up. You're going to figure mm-hmm. this out.
Dude, this thing leaves some yellow marks. Yeah, it does. It'll, uh, yeah. If you leave it sit on there, it'll stain your cup. Turmeric. The turmeric. Turmeric. Superfood. Yeah. Creamer. That's what I've been using that for a few months, quite a few months now. Huh? That's probably like my third bag of it. Dude's watching Simpsons. Marge was cooking with some turmeric. It's like season one or two. Really? Yeah. The Simpsons have predicted the future on many fronts. Many, many fronts, man. Many fronts. Like, yeah. It's uh, interesting. God, that's funny, man. You forget, like, I mean, when The Simpsons came out, again, I was like, you know, pre-internet, when you still, like, we had cable TV, but, like, everyone watched The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. It was, like, one of those... I remember I was, like, third or fourth grade. Everyone knew sure. The Simpsons was, when yeah. It came out pretty big, so hit me right at a good time, you know, I was... Yeah. What is that, like, eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there? Yeah, I was, like... Yeah, it would have been like junior high, beginning of high school. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, but it was just one of those things like everybody knew it. They had the fucking the Bartman song. Oh yeah, do and the Bartman. Do the Bartman, and yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was such a fun. Last one was last night was the one where Homer uh, the core started to melt down, and he didn't know what to do, so he did fucking eeny meeny miny mo. Uh, catch a tiger by his toe and fucking you know he's just like this and he hits the button and diverts his disaster and then everyone thinks that he's the hero he's the hero and so there's you know oh you know being a homer simpson or pulling a homer is where you uh save whatever and then like do the through the episode as he gets exposed by the end like pulling a homer and is like what was the definition to succeed despite idiocy <laughs> I was like, yes. And you know what the thing is, is I've I've noticed this, man. Again, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it together quite the same way if it wasn't for the Simpsons. But there are Homer Simpsons out there. Oh yes. There are people who dope their way through life, through careers, who who like make it to like a fucking absurdly high level in stuff. And you're like, what the fuck, man? You are you're a borderline idiot. Like, how are you catching these breaks? But they're out there, man. They happen. And so the point is, is not to get angry at them. The point is to recognize them and then understand that you just need to go along with them. Right? Like in a situation where Homer Simpson is, normally doing the opposite of what Homer would do would be the smart thing to do. Right. But with Homer involved, somehow it's not always. Like he somehow doves his way through the fucking situation, comes out on top. And people who were trying to do the fucking smart thing, you know, had bad shit happen to them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, you got to recognize when you're in the presence of a Homer Simpson, you got to stop raging against reality and just like, all right, man, I'm going to go along with you. Like, I remember I had a guy, uh, I was out on a bike ride one time, man. This is when it like became crystal clear and we were... Like trying to, we were trying to blaze another. We were like, oh, you know, we know we can get over there, so we're trying to do one of these, like, you know, see if we could blaze away uh, from point A to point B. And I was with this guy, and again, man, this dude under normal circumstances is an idiot. But like, I've just seen too many times where it's like, fuck, man, how did that work out for that guy like that? And we're sitting there debating which way to go, and he's like, I'm gonna go this way, and I'm like, fuck, dude, that is not the way to go. And everyone else in the group's like, no, we're going this way. I remember sitting there for a second going like, that's Homer Simpson. I'm following Homer. (laughs) 
And sure as shit, dude. It worked out. Sure as shit, it worked out, man. Yes, we got, we found a fucking easy way over where we were going. We ran into the other group a little while longer, and they're like, holy shit, dude, that was such a rough way to go, and blah, blah, blah. It took so much longer. I was just laughing. I was like, exactly, dude. Sometimes you just gotta follow Homer. Follow Homer, man. Like, stop fighting it. And uh, sometimes people are gonna succeed despite idiocy. And so, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Follow him. Follow him. And hopefully they don't lead you off the cliff. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Because Homer a, has done that too. And that is always a po- well, possibility. That is a problem. At the end, of the, it always works out for him. I mean, the motherfucker's been to space. He's like got to design a car. He's, I mean, fuck, man. He's in the dictionary. <laughs> you, you know, like say what you want. Homer's fucking. He's he's accomplished some shit through his idiocy. Yes. <laughs> the thing that just kills me, and like, the family's watching it, and they're starting, and you know, the kids are starting to pick up on it, so it makes it even funnier, is how, dude, Mr. Burns, has no clue who Homer is. Every time, Sector Seven G, sir. Oh, who's in charge of that? <laughs> uh, Homer Simpson, sir. Good man, smart. It's like the previous episode. You guys were just, you know what I mean? It's like. Every episode, it's like Mr. Burns has no clue who Homer is despite him impacting his life in like tragically large ways. <laughs> oh, that was the other one. Mr. Burns was about to die and he needed double O uh, negative blood or whatever it was and Bart had it. So he got the blood of a young boy. <laughs> man, that's happening. Predicting the future, man, for sure. He was yeah. sitting there, they're like, they're doing the blood and he was like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I'm dying. He's like, oh, you know, coming back. And he's like, oh, Smithers, all the tinctures and doctors and all the stuff that I tried. And imagine all I needed was the blood of a young boy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, man. Again, predicting the future. That is frightening. So, yeah, Simpsons are, it's another one, man. It's like uh, Seinfeld. Like, if you haven't seen The Simpsons, you should stop whatever the fuck you're watching and go watch it because whatever you're watching is a pale uh, replica of something the Simpsons have already done so it's like when you make a reference and they don't know it we've talked about like Seinfeld Seinfeld. if you make a Seinfeld reference and someone's like I don't know what you're talking about it's like dude stop what you're doing go watch some Seinfeld go watch some Seinfeld like I don't know what you're watching right now but it is not better than Seinfeld so, at least that's my... I'm not watching everything out there, but... I don't see anything out there that looks better than fucking Seinfeld. <laughs> that's a problem, man. There's so much content out there nowadays. Oh, dude, it's it's overwhelming. You sit down, like, oh, I want to pick up a new show. And you just start flipping around, like, through Hulu and Netflix. Dude, you can spend two hours just trying to find that's a new show true. to watch. Oh, no. And then it all depends on how committed you want to get. Like, oh, this this show is two seasons in and it's got you know 10 episodes each season all an hour long like, dude I want to commit that much time to this how good is it like, yeah it's like a relationship it is like do I want to get into this or not like nah I'm going to keep my distance keep swiping right <laughs> or left or whichever way I I'll, I'll just put it on and let it play in the outskirts of my life yeah <laughs> but I'm not really going to dive all the way in right yeah safer no I know what you mean man yeah. it's tough it's tough making a time commitment like that. So, that's, yeah, there's so many things out there that people are like, oh, you gotta watch this and watch that. And it's like, dude, fuck, I don't have enough time to do what I wanna do now, anyways. 
like where would I fit that in? I asked what uh, you know where Shiloh's she's gonna be 15 tomorrow, which it's fine. Today's the 29th, right? February 29th, and we just happened to record. So oh, we I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it only happens once every four years, and we happen the to, extra day of the year. Yeah, so she is one of the only people in the world who's like directly affected by February 29th because her birthday is March 1st. Those are the only two people that are either born on the 29th or, or the first or the first March 1st. Yeah. So yeah, she's like, today would be my birthday if it wasn't for this, you know. That's crazy, I never thought about that. Because I actually went to high school with a, with a girl that was born on February 29th. Me too, I, I mean, I, yeah, kid, and, and I remember asking him, like, you know, what do you do? But technically, you're only, you're only like four years old. Right, 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 yeah. It's like, but if you were born on the 29th, like, when would you celebrate your birthday on a normal, a regular year? Would you do it on March 1st or February 28th? Hey, whatever's more convenient that year. Yeah. I'd say like March 1st. Because you weren't born on the 28th. You know, the year that you were born on the 28th, you were not out yet. You were out on the 1st. First. Yeah, I, I can see the rationale behind that. So. It'd be a cool thing to be born on that day. I, I never even thought about Shiloh being affected by uh, being on the 1st. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So, uh. So every four years, her birthday's a day late. Yep. So she's actually 15 years old right now. She is. A couple days over that. But anyways, I mean, the, the, the 29th day every fourth year is important for making sure the calendar continues to reflect the sun's Is that what it is? Seasons, yeah. I was, I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Like, well, how did this come to be? It's like? off. Just like the, the sun, is, it's not 365 days. It's like 365 point... Two or so, something so like this that. Is just a catch up day. Yep, exactly. Catch back up with the sun. Yeah, if you didn't do it over a long enough timeline, like the the whole fucking calendar would get fucked up. So that is the reason for it. Hmm. But it's the closest uh, thing we had. But yeah, the in the that Black Elk Speaks book that I read, it's funny because they all they had months too, but they were moons because that's basically what a month is. Right. It's a phase of the moon, and right. it's roughly thirty days. But they would so they had months but they refer to it as like you know a uh, month when the you know green grass starts to grow or some shit like that or you know when the so they would have a descriptive term for what like the season was like during that month and that's what they called that month so you know it wasn't April it was when fucking young deer dance around or something like that but it was funny it was interesting it's like huh so they had like you know, they told time. Like, they knew how old they were based on... Seasons. You know, seasons. They knew there were 12 seasons and, you know, so... But we just put a fucking number on it and made it more precise so that we can charge money. So we can monetize. We can monetize money. <laughs> that's time. exactly that's all. We can monetize it. Yeah, but... Uh, but anyways, no, we're, I was talking about Shiloh. She's turning 15 tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, she's getting older. She's getting a little more freedom. And so she's... You know, she wants to watch shows. All of her friends watch shows. And I, I guess, like, one of the shows that, uh, the one The Office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I never got into that funny. one. It's pretty funny, but it's not like, I don't know. She I, could watch it. No, I, no, I know. I, I don't sure. have anything against it. No. I don't have anything against it. Like, it, it's just, I, I'll say, like, compared to this, if you told me Simpsons or The Office, like, I'm taking The Simpsons all day long. The Office is pretty good, dude. Yeah. I, I, it depends on what mood I'm in. Like, Maybe, dude, like, I just have no. Uh, reference to that world. You, you, you None. Got, well, you don't... 
I don't think you have to to really enjoy it because there's a couple. There's one character on there. There's a couple. I mean, there's a lot of characters on there that are great, but Dwight. Is fucking awesome. Oh, I know, but just the whole context <laughs> of the show is you're in an office. In, in an office. And even if it's not an office, like you're working in some sort of corporate environment. Yeah. You're, you're like, if you were, like, I mean, I'd say you fall into that category. Right. Like, like there, there's things that you watch that show and you're like, oh, I feel, I feel yeah. Kind of, I, kind of I know what that do. I, oh, yeah. God, the paper pusher, all oh, the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I understand those characters in like theory. But you don't have any experience. But I don't have say. experience with them. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. But it's still a funny show. No, it's a funny show. Like I, I, I've, like when I watch it, like I like that, uh, you know, the dry humor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I, yeah, I totally, I appreciate the show. But I think that's my problem with it. Why I have a tough time like getting into it is I'm just like, dude, this is retarded. Why don't all of you fuckers quit? Like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? One of the reasons I like that show is. There's times where you're watching that show where, like, the one character, Michael, does shit that's so awkward and uncomfortable that, like, you feel a little uncomfortable while you're watching the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it does. It makes you twinge. Like, oh, my. Like, it's weird. You get this weird, like, <laughs> biological feeling. Like, oh, my God. That is so, and it's just a show. You right. Know? But he, it's so awkward. Like, oh, my God. This is so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, man. No, I don't have anything against the show. I think it's it's probably funny but my point is is that if she, if she watches that like there's not a infinite amount of time during the day right so right now she's getting through her 24 hours and it does not include an hour plus of watching the office or some other show and so if you take if you decide okay well, i'm gonna do this now i'm gonna start watching more tv i'm gonna start watching more shows like what sacrifice? Yeah, where's that hour gonna go? What are you replacing with it? Is it sleep? Is it art? You know, practice? Is it like what is it? What do you? Because it's not. There's a time. It's cost. not free. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a cost for it. If to add that in, it's gonna cost you something. And so, and I, I've you know, she's an amazingly talented artist, like ridiculous. And, and you know, maybe she would be, but I don't think she would be as good as she is, if she came up like a typical kid watching hours of fucking screen time each day. Because that, that time that she was spending, would have spent doing that, she was spending practicing. Right. Because she didn't have anything else to do. She enjoys drawing and you take away this like easy, you know, screen time option and force a kid to actually pick something, something a little, you know, more involved. And they start to develop a skill at it. It's like, dude, there's no way. Like, there's just, there's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of practice that she has that's allowed her to get to the point that she's at that she would not have if, you know, if we hadn't been like we are. And so now, you know, it's, it's trying to get her to understand, like, you know, what you, you're, it's not going to be the same, right? Like, you add in, like, more screen time. And then, okay, you decide, well, I'm going to practice my art as much, but I'm going to sleep less. Well, that's a cost there. Like, your art's not going to be as good there. It's like, you know, your art will uh, be affected by this choice. Something is going to be affected. Something's going to be affected by it. And and so, and yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, it's, it's trying to get her to understand that the... the downside of it right because like that's not how people don't think about that they're just like oh i want to do this and they don't actually think about like okay what is the opportunity cost for this going to be and and what 
what's the impact going to be? And then like, oh, that's not good. Like that's negative. Like that's how like, you know, you and I avoid eating fast food, right? In the moment it tastes good. But when you sit back and you think about it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Well, there's that, there's that, and there's that. And it's like, okay, that doesn't make it worth it. So eating fast food isn't a choice. I don't have to force myself not to eat it because I understand the negative consequences. And that's, that's the thing with her. Like I, it's getting her to see like, man, it's not just, you know, there's a negative consequence to add these things in. And so I know she'll have to experience it herself a little bit. There's no teacher like experience, but it's, that's a tough thing. Yeah. It's a hard thing. When you see that something is evil, but other people don't see that it's evil yet. And so they just don't see the danger. Right. And you're just like, you don't want to come across like a wacko. But in it, like, you and I, as much as I like to rage against it, we, you know, you've expressed to me how many, we are not normal. We are seen as wackos by a lot of, oh yeah, by quote unquote normal people. Oh yeah. Extremist. Extremist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, but we... But it's not, like, in the way you and I see it, it's like, no, we're not wackos. We're just, we're seeing it how it is. Yeah. Like, we're not painting a picture like, oh, if you do this, then the mothership's going to come and we're all going to wear our purple Nikes and drink the Kool-Aid and be lifted away. Like, we're just calling it like it is. We're not going extreme. We're not being wackos about it. No. We're just... We're dealing with reality. Reality. Yeah. That's the, uh, we're being adults. Like that's, that's really kind of been this epiphany that I've had with like, you know, we were talking about last week, how Shiloh's friends, like there's a good percentage of them that don't have a bedtime and which is crazy, that's right? Crazy. Like, to, uh, yeah, we were like back when we were kids, if a kid that didn't have a bedtime, that was like, you had bad parents. You kind of right. felt bad for them. You're like, Ooh, bad home life, huh? And, uh, now it's like, not abnormal and but it is it's just you have a bunch of adults who don't want to act like adults they don't want to eat like adults they don't want to sleep like adults they don't want to uh, regulate their their phone and their screen time like adults you know they don't want to act like adults and your job as an adult if you have a kid is to teach them how to be an adult and so but when you're not being a good adult you teach them to be a shitty adult. Yeah, and, and you're just instinctively, like, you don't want to, like, you know there's a hypocrisy there, mm-hmm. right? Why are you going to tell your kid to do something that you're not going to do? And so you're, you know, oh, you know, I do it. I stay up late. I'm, I'm on, and I'm fine, right? Because that's the other thing. You got to justify to yourself that, you know, well, this isn't harming me. This is fine. So what's the harm to them? And it's like, dude, it's crazy. It's like, no, you need to act like an adult. You need to eat like an adult. You know, take care of yourself, these basic things, and teach your kid these things, and then have these difficult conversations with your kids. And but you just have a whole generation coming up with just being raised by kids. And I'm really curious, man. I had this really weird epiphany last night or, or thought, like, like I want like I don't fully believe it, but I wouldn't here's my rationale. I think we might be <laughs> in a simulation. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I didn't. Dude, if I had to sit here and think of, okay, here's a multiple list or a multiple choice list of the things that are going to come out of James's mouth next. Here's why we're in a simulation was not on that list. So please proceed. I, I'm excited to hear this. I, I, this may be the golden age of human, uh, 
like time, like life. And like, what are the odds that we're, that I'm experiencing it, right? And again, at the end of the day, like, I don't know you're real. We've all seen the Truman Show. This could right. all be a fucking virtual reality Truman Show for all we know. Yep. So all you know is yourself, right? The old, like, I think, therefore I am. That's all you can really know. That's all you can really, really fucking know. And so based on that, it's like, I, I don't, I don't look at the future and hold out a fucking bunch of hope, man. I don't think things are headed in a really great direction. I don't look at like 100, 200 years from now and think that like, oh, we're going to be way better off than we are now. I really don't. I don't think the technology is going to, I think that it's going to bite us in the ass. I think that our, uh, you know, just our practices with, um, you know, unsustainable, uh, you know, food manufacturing and just, you know, what we're doing right now is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And it's not really being addressed. And like I said, like I'm not, I look around, man, and I, I don't see the youth of today and go like, yeah, we're fucking rocking. Like we're in a good place. Like I feel really good about where this generation is and where they're headed and where, you know, we want to go as a, as a people and as a society. Again, you know, this is just me, right? And what I find, my values. But I'm like, dude, this is, what was better than the 90s? Right? Like, the 90s was the fucking best decade ever. <laughs> That's because we were teenagers but, in the 90s. No, but we got to experience it, man. Like, that was the last of the analog decades. That was, that was, that was the transition. Before, the beginning of the 90s, there was no internet. The end of the, the 90s, there was an internet. That was before the internet. Right. That was, the 90s was that transition time. So you still had, like, we got to experience, like, the beginning of the decade, you still were experiencing real life. And, and we got to see this transition. And when the internet first came around, it was pretty fucking cool. It was still mostly real life with some online shit thrown in. We could right. jump in a chat room or we got email, email. right? Okay. Yeah. But like since then, it, like you look at it today and it is, it seems to be mostly virtual shit augmented with a little real life. I don't think that's a positive. No. So far, it's not. No, I don't think that it's positive at all. And so, and, and so it's like, again, you know, you extrapolate this out. Where are we going? Where are we going as a species? Where are we going as a, as a, you know, as a people? Where are we going? Where are we going, period? And personally, like, I don't fucking, like, all these, I don't, I think, that, dude, this may be it. Like, we may be experiencing the pinnacle of human existence right like a hundred years ago 200 years ago we could have died of polio and fucking some you know the, the spanish flu or what you know what i mean like you know today we got the coronavirus which is okay it's not good but like dude that is nothing compared to the pandemics that have swept nations and this planet before right so we're living in this really weird time where just a hundred years ago surgeries medicine, everything was just radically different. And we live in this just comfortable little pocket, right? That like our ancestors could never imagine. But this comfort is is creating something that I don't think we're, is We're good. not going to be ready for no. whatever is being created. Yeah, I don't think that this comfort that we're in is leading, is making us better. You know? it's, it's interesting. 
it's because you get to see it because you have a teenage daughter. So you get to see other teenagers and then their parents. You know, you're you're getting yeah. to experience it. So it's shaping the way you think. Like I don't, you know, being that I don't have kids, I have very outside, you know, perspective of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I deal with people at work, you know, and customers and. And I, I can extrapolate as to, because just as I see how these, like, for example, because I basically have, like, two groups of people in my life. I got my jiu-jitsu people and all you guys, and then I got my coworkers, really. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> completely different group of people. You know, all my jiu-jitsu friends and families, like, we're not normal for the most part. You know, we're, and then you got all my coworkers, which are, quote-unquote, normal, and what the rest of the world is like. And I just see them, and I can just imagine as the, you know how they're parenting their kids and what. Yeah. And they, like okay, you you are allowing this for yourself. This is your behavior. I see your laziness on a regular basis, and you kind of trying to cut corners and just be a lazy fuck all the time. Like this is how you're living your life. This is the example of a, what a good responsible adult should be. Yeah. And this, and I can only imagine what you're letting your kids get away with at home. What, how and how this is going to shape them. Like, if they turn out like you, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, or worse. Or worse. Than you. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's the thing. Is yeah. like, I don't... The, the I mean, again, the statistic, like, whatever generation uh, it is, could be the first generation of memory to live a shorter life than their parents. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the it's... Something's off. Like, we're, we're starting to produce... Uh, people that are not better than we were and that's that that's not been the trend right like throughout human history like the trend was for the previous generation to improve improve on that and i don't see that necessarily being the trend anymore and so again like improving on technology improving on like that's not what i'm talking about i'm, I'm talking about improving as a society Improving like the human beings that you're producing. On an individual level. Yeah, on an individual level. Like on a fucking Aristotle level, right? Right. Like it's per by the person, not the fucking platonic form. Right? right? Like you can look at that and be like, Well look, you know, we are progressing. We're gonna we're you know, got Elon Musk and we're going to the the going going to Mars and you know, look at all the progress we're making here and the technology and my fucking iPhone. This is obvious that we're making progress and that we're building on and, and it's like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fucking the individual, the Aristotle, like the, the individual person, the individual household that makes up the bigger picture. Like that, I don't see being benefiting and getting better as a result of this shit. So that's my, so again, like I'm like, all right, you know. So I go back. How do you, where's the, uh. Fuck, I'm losing the word. Um, why do you think we're in a simulation? Because what are the odds? What are, what are the odds? What are the odds that I get to be born and experience the peak of human civilization and experience? Very low odds. Right. Very, very low odds. Very, very low. Super low odds. So why does that make it a simulation? Yeah, because at that point you can start saying that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Once you start getting into odds like odds, that, yeah. uh, you're like, you know, it may be like you, you, the odds of it being a simulation are probably about the same. Like whether I'm just the luckiest, one of the luckiest fucking people in mankind in the history of humankind, 
or whether it is a purposeful simulation while I sit in some sludge and generate heat uh, to power our fucking robot overlords, um, I don't know. But just when you sit back and you think about it, it's really like, fuck, that is crazy. Like you think about the pocket of time that we are experiencing right now compared to the past and then looking at where things are kind of going. Where are they going? And it's like, fuck, man. Like, you know, this may be it. We may be fucking experiencing it. And I hope not. Like, ultimately, I have faith that, you know, things always correct, right? Like, I'm, we've, I'm sure this discussion has been had by many an adult. Well, you know what's funny is, like, <laughs> I've brought up this point of view that you're expressing. I've brought up it on more than one occasion. And you always will be the counter argument. Like, you, you, you'll always be like, no, like, We'll, we'll course correct or we'll be like usually a little more positive. Like I'll come, I'll come yeah. in a little more pessimistic. I think that we will just because we have no choice. I just, you know what I mean? I just, I don't. And, and again, like you can't help but judge things based on the the morals and the truths of your society. Uh-huh. What you're seeing. What's, what, yeah, what's going exactly. on hands on. Exactly. What's being tolerated. I mean, you, if you were to show like some Plains Indian and, you know, the fucking early 1800s, uh, our life and said, you want to trade? They'd be like, no, like according to like what I find important, according to my morals and values, like that life is hell. Like being trapped in a house and all that shit. No, fuck no. I want this. This is what I want. So I'm sure that in a hundred, 200 years, you know, just what people's morals and values and what they hold important is going to be different. And so they're not going to look at their society through, through my eyes. Yeah. Through your lens. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's kind of like, the, um, Oh, what was it a brave new world? Yeah. That was, that was basically one of the themes there, man. You pull somebody who, who has a completely different, uh, value set, out of you know one environment and then put them in a completely foreign environment and it will literally drive them fucking crazy like they can't rectify how like everything that you guys think is great I think sucks ass and is kill is literally killing me and they just can't understand it so you know we're just the last of the noble savages and to think of us as being noble savages hmm it's, to me, it's a stretch of the word normal savage. No way, man. No way. It's a, uh, I don't know, at all. I mean, if you were to take, I, I'd say, dude, they fucking took and plopped you down in like some high society Paris fucking hootie tootie event. Oh, you you gonna tell me that they wouldn't be looking at you as a noble <laughs> savage? Oh, look who we brought from the Americas. <laughs> Rob, come over here and say, look, he can talk. <laughs> He's so advanced for their guy. He's so advanced for such a yeah. Look such at a them. primitive being. Yes, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's uh, oh, in certain man. circles, man. We're already that. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, if they fucking appeared, you know, in a time machine and said, hey. Let's take you forward 100, 200 years from now. Like, I, I bet that's what we would qualify as. We would be looked at as like Indians back in the day. It's possible. The that's, why I, that's why I want to be an early adopter of that neural link. 
<laughs> when Elon comes out with it, man. I'll be a test monkey for that. Drill a hole in my head, plug it right into the fucking internet. Let's let's go. Let's see, no. what, let's see what happens. See, I just don't... As long as... Uh, see, I can't do it because I've seen Star Wars and I know what implants can do. All of a sudden they can... Implant, well, I see a lot of Black Mirror. And the, the theme of all the black mirrors are basically don't let the government or companies put shit in your body. Yeah. It's not going to end well. It's a pretty, pretty common theme. It's a very common theme. In movies, black mirror, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it, man. That's someone has got to do it. I've had a good run, man. I've been at this for 40-some years now. You I know, just, it's... Eh. I just can see them like it's a... They're building an army. They're going to flip a switch. Everyone's just going to like... Mm-hmm. Shh, like fucking start fighting for Elon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Turn on your your government overlords. Fuck it. The, the free country of Musk. I'm game. Okay. If they got a sign up list, an email list to be an early adopter, <laughs> put me on that thing. That's they're probably using that list as the first like list of people to not <laughs> <it> to. <laughs> All right, these guys. Whoever's this desperate. The, the, these people are not stable enough right. to try out our new technology. Exactly. They, they probably will like put out yeah. a, a call. Like, yeah. Anybody who would like to sign up for this experiment, please right. you know, send your contact information to here. And then, Anyone that has a question about it, contact us here. <laughs> those are the people. Those are the people we want. We want to make sure that, yeah, we want to do a little Everybody convincing. else is just like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. yeah those are definitely the ones that don't get to do yeah, that. Yeah, maybe something else. They, they do the placebo. They're like, yeah, we implanted you with something. They knock you out, put a little slice in your neck. In your fucking head. In your head or something. Like, yeah, it's in there, buddy. <laughs> the voices. The boy, I, oh, I feel so smart. I can see through walls. <laughs> they didn't do anything to you. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, man. That'd be interesting. I wonder if they'll do that. It seems like a good movie. It does. That would be interesting. Plac- placebo neural links. Yeah. Side by side with the real neural links. You fucking nanobots. <laughs> you think you got superhuman strength. <laughs> they didn't do you shit jump to out the window. <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> I don't even know how the fuck we got on that. Who knows? Who knows how we talk about most of the shit we talk about? I don't know, man. So, uh, anyways, let's see. You got some notes for us? I got a note or two. Oh man, I was looking around on the internet this morning, and there's a town in Switzerland that is gonna have to be evacuated for like a decade. Because there's a giant ammo dump from World War II nearby. And they just discovered or something? No, they've known it was there, but I guess apparently it's just like they have to deal with it. They've got to do something with it. They've just been ignoring it for now. And they're like, all right. Monitoring we, or whatever. we got to dig it up. we got to deal with this. Yeah, so they got to like get it out. But it's like so unstable. They're saying like it could take up to a decade. You, so could you imagine being told like you got to fucking evacuate you your house for a decade? Like What? So I guess it's not like come you can, back and continue. It's not like you can sell it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no one's gonna. You can't sell it. So yeah. what, do you, what do you do? You still gotta pay like taxes on it. Like what? Yeah. What do yeah, you? What, what do you do? What do you do with that thing? I'm trying to think. You know, if they came into my neighborhood, be like, all right, you gotta move. You can come back in ten years. Like, <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? How on earth? I mean, luckily they're giving them a few years' notice, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I thought that was just insane. I've never even heard of something like that. Like, how would you mentally deal with something like that if they came and told you, like, you know, you got to evacuate your neighborhood? Okay, cool. Let me go grab a bag. No, 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 no. For ten years. <laughs> <laughs> More than just a bag. Yeah. 
evacuate for 10 years. That's what it was. That was what caught my attention is they used the word evacuate for 10 years. And I'm like, I don't believe that's an evacuation. Like an evacuation is like a short term thing for a short term problem. Like, dude, if you're, you're relocating people like at 10 years, most people probably aren't going to come back. After 10 years, you're going to establish your life somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah, like, what the fuck right. are you going to do? Yeah. I, yeah. I just, that's, like I said, I don't even know how I would wrap my mind around that. But It is weird to think about. You try to put yourself in those shoes. Yeah. What would you do? Here's this house that you can't sell. You can't do anything you with. You can't do shit with it. It's yours. You got to hurry up. Uh, I would probably hurry up and like set fire to it before the insurance company knew what was going on. And collect on it, no, and then it's bounce. It's too late now. It is a little too late. It's in it's in the news. By the time it gets to Fox News, it's uh, right. It's but I'm, I'm going back a few steps. Yeah. Like hopefully I had some heads up. Like oh. Well, this the ammo dump's been there for a while. Apparently in 1947, and part of it blew up already and killed like nine people and took out a few houses. So, you know, yeah, I don't know where it is in the town, but like it is it's town it, square. It, yeah. <laughs> Of Under the they fucking got, statue they, of Jebediah. They, they, they got a memorial. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> on top of it. World yeah. War II memorial on top of it. Fuck, man. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's a uh, interesting scenario. So, just thought I'd share that with you. Yeah, I was thinking about... Like, wars and stuff the other day. Yeah, I don't know. Because you think about, like, World War One, Like, there, there was a beginning and end to it. Yeah. In World War Two. there was a beginning and end to it. You know, and then if you look at the middle of these wars where we've been in as a country for how many years? Now? Oh, 20, 30 years. The war on terror is like the, the war on drugs. Right. And, and dude, there, we're actually at the point now to this quote-unquote war on terror to where there is sons over there, serve, sons and daughters over there serving in the same war that their dad is still serving in. Yeah. That's how long it's been has been going on. Yeah. Like what? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, nineteen years, man. It's fucking bananas. It is bananas. It is bananas. Well there's no I I mean I gotta be honest with you, after I'm reading this book on uh the um like the Cherokee nation and just their whole how they ended up getting kicked off their land and the whole Trail of Tears thing. And man, I gotta tell you, like, yeah. Our government does not have a super long history of good foresight and uh, just like having a real fucking plan on how to deal with. Or let me let me stop you and go conspiracy theory. I think they might have a plan because they 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 frame it and they put it in the news as this war on terror. Right, the way they frame it, it's but it's bullshit. it's yeah, it's all it could be all bullshit. Is they see us as we've talked about before, as, as you know, this path we're on is not sustainable for the amount of people and our current technology and energy resources. What we're doing right now is not sustainable, and so they're hedging their bets. Like, oh, there's a lot of natural resources here. Let's slowly just set up shop more and more over here, more and more over here. That way, we can control what we need to fucking control. And yeah. It's basically the Indian Wars, man. Yeah. That's what the Indian Wars are about. Kind of, that's where I thought, I was thinking, I don't know why I let my brain go down this rabbit hole the other day, because that's what I kind of speculated maybe our government's doing. And like when we came over and stole all this land from the Indians, we're kind of doing the same thing on a global scale now. 
Yeah, we well, can't colonize. Like the, in the old days, we would have just fucking colonized the place. Right. That's what you would have done. Like right. you would have just gone in there. You said, "No, hey, this is it. This is it. We're raising our flag. This is our fucking colony. Fuck off." Right. And you can't do that today. That's frowned upon. Scale, on a global, on a, on a larger scale. Which too, is period. period. Can you do right. it anywhere? It's just it's right. so fucking frowned on, man. I mean, even China's got to like respect the whole Tibet thing on some level. You know what I mean? Like, they're not just yeah. It, so. It's, uh, so yeah, you got to play these other games. Yep. You got to play these like, all right, well, we can't just go in there and take over, but we need to be able to exert influence because they control. They have shit we need. They have land that has something that we want yep. and need. And we, and not having control of it is a national safety issue. Right. And so, yeah, but it's, they just don't. It's the same thing as like with the Indians. Like they just don't, the government does not understand who they're dealing with. Like they just, and they're, they're trying to operate like they're, like they're dealing with other People politicians like, like them. Right. Exactly. And just not understanding like the, the, the makeup and the mindset and like this is not going to end the way you think it's going to end. And, and then just like a refusal to uh, backpedal and admit mistakes and you know things like that so i it's a it's a combination of all of it but it's like what what is there what's the impetus for ending it you know what i mean like it's not like vietnam where you just got like giant rallies back at home like you know bringing the boys home and all that stuff and uh it money like war creates creates jobs economic, yeah, that's an economic driver and so, yeah, it's, uh, this country's been at war pretty much constantly <laughs> since the beginning, man. Yeah. We're always looking for a fight. Always. Always. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It is a weird thing, man. And that's, it's, uh, yeah, that's one of those things you look at. It, it's like, that's, it just, it doesn't seem sustainable with, uh, not being able to actually resolve the issue, which is. Dude, it's just, it's fucking crazy. I mean, the issues are, I don't even know how you resolve them. That's the problem, right? Like, the issues, especially like in that area of the world, like the Middle East, uh, Pakistan, India, Afghanistan, I mean, that whole fucking swath is, it's uh, suffering from being colonies for so long. And then, like after World War II, they like Iraq and Iran, like those countries didn't exist. Like they were, those, those maps were drawn up and it was basically the allies like splitting up the Middle East. And so that's how you end up with like, you know, like, again, it's funny, man. It's, it's so much like it. Like in the beginning of the, the book I'm reading, they showed you had the, the United States map and you had the Indian map and the Indian map was based on, uh, your tribe. This was the land that belonged to this tribe, and this is the land that belonged to this tribe, and this is the land that belonged to this tribe. But then the white man comes in, and he needs, this is fucking Georgia. Let's draw some boxes. I'm going to draw some boxes. And Georgia just happens to intersect a quarter of Cherokee land, some of the Creek land, you know what I mean? And so and so they're drawing their map. You have the United States, and, and that's exactly what happened in the Middle East. Is like, you ask those people, what's your map? And it's based on tribe affiliation. And, but they got this other map forced on them. 
saying like, no, this is the map. You guys are all Iraqis now. You guys are all whatever. And that's not how they operate. It still is not how they operate. It still is not how they see the world. <clears throat> and we're just keep going along. Yeah, forcing it. Like forcing know, it. This is the way the world this works. This is the way the world works. This is, we can't, to go back, I mean, again, how do you unravel that? How do you even begin to unravel that situation? But it was created by a complete misunderstanding of who you were dealing with and the consequences of... Trying to change that, force your way. Yes. Your view of the world upon them. Yes. Thing is going to correct. Right. Dude, it's so, it's so funny, man. As I'm thinking about it. Because I was... Yeah. Andrew Jackson was like... One of his things was he... There was a, a battle. Um, it, uh, it was called the Battle of Horseshoe Bend. And anyways, there was like a band of, of Rebel Creek Indians that he was trying to, you know, get under control. Anyways, it, as after they won and they did the, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the treaty or whatever, the peace treaty at the end, and, and they had to surrender land... And it was funny, man. He he got uh, in trouble a little bit because he had his friend do the surveying, and then he was strongly suggesting like where the line should run. Make sure you run the line to include this, this, and this in this parcel of land. And then that's exactly what happened when they were drawing up the map of the Middle East. Is like we got to make sure. Well, I need this oil field and this oil field and this oil field, and yep. you get this one and this one and this one, and we get this resource and this resource and this resource. And you draw boxes around these fucking resources, and that's your map. I drew boxes around the resources that I own. And now the people that are in those boxes just have to fucking learn how to deal with it. Yep. And then when it became not cool to be colonial like that, and you had to fucking turn over the government to those boxes, it's fucking chaos. Because the people inside those boxes are like, Wait a second. Well, we don't fucking like each other. We don't want to work together. Like, why are you guys forcing this on us? Just because these match your boxes. Like this doesn't, your boxes mean nothing to us. And yeah, it's the exact same thing. It's, a, it's the exact same thing. We're fucking dealing with it in the 1830s, man. Mm-hmm. We learned nothing from it. It's funny that you bring all this up because I, I was just thinking about this the other day and I can't remember. Like, I don't know if I was scanning through the internet and I saw an article about war or Indians or something like that. And for some reason, my mind made that connection. I was like, man, we're really just trying to do the same thing. It's real estate, man. On a global scale. Yeah. It's not just coming over here and taking over North America. It's North America now trying to do the exact same thing they yeah. did to the Indians, just on a much larger scale. Yeah. And, and I can't, I mean, I'm not smart enough on global politics and natural resources. And I mean, there's a lot of them. But just. I. There, there's some parallels there. Yeah, no, there are. I see it more as us trying to keep the fucking lid on top of a boiling pot that we help create. Yep. You know, it's not even that we're trying to take over. You know what I mean? Like, not, yeah, we, we're not we, trying to take we, over. Our interest is to make sure that pot doesn't boil over. Yeah, we created the problem. Yes. But now we're, we're barely yeah. trying to turn the yes. heat, heat down on that yeah, burner. That's so it what it over. seems like more um, to me. Like, but it, but it is the same thing. Right. Is that like this, this real estate has value to us. For whatever reason, in this case, our own creation, uh, right. it's we need to make sure that our influence is still exerted and respected, and what we need out of this place can still uh, function because otherwise, it it bothers us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but it's our doing, and it's like I said, I don't even know how the fuck you unravel that. Like you have to literally just step back and say, look, man, we've been fucking this thing up for the last. 
who knows how many years. Like, yeah, you, you have to admit you're right. Yeah, like, what? Dude, I really wonder what would happen. Like, if we just said, okay, that's it. We've been fucking this up. We're pulling all our troops and everything back home. And we're just going to make America freaking awesome, dude. Like, put all our money and resources into building up all the hoods and poverties and just make America solid. But, like, what would happen? Yeah. You know, what would happen? Dude, I mean, I'm not starting chaos, off. Man. Chaos, Would it? Fucking chaos. Would it? Yeah. You know, would China, sure. would China move in and then try to exert their power on everybody because they're so big and they got so much Well, that would be the thing is like, I, I, I... You know, what would if, happen? Well, if we pull back like that, it would have to be with the, uh, the warning that no one else can step in. You know, like, we're not pulling out so that China can step in. You know what I mean? Like that's but not. But you're trained right. It's it's a funny that, thing. That would be the thing. If you guys like, if you guys try to, we're just gonna be a fucking we're gonna fight. Pull out and let everybody. You guys. No, you we're gonna pull out. out. We're gonna let you guys in this area figure shit out. The whole thing is like we need to let the people in this area figure their yeah, shit out. Don't fuck with us. We don't fuck with you. But I don't know. I don't think again. I don't. Could I, I, don't, man, I don't know how to put this again because this sounds really fucked up. But I've thought about <laughs> it really hard and like, you know, reading these books about the Indians. Like I don't know how the Indians could have survived. Like, realistically, the Indians, as we knew them, there's no way they could be around today still. Can you really have a roving band of hunter-gatherers who just, like, raid neighbors and shoot them with arrows and steal shit and fucking have, like, blood, you know, uh, feuds with other tribes? Like, can can you really have that? at the end of the day, could could civilization have ever existed, coexisted, two societies coexisted, where one society, for whatever operates reason, operates under a different just set of rules, operates under a different set of rules when it comes to, uh, yeah, some of these things. Because it would bleed over. You know, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, if we just let tribes and, like, say, say there was, say, say we did it at the Rocky Mountains for just for ease of, mental picture here like okay everything east of the Rockies is all civilized modern technology everything west of the Rockies is we just left to the Indians left to the Indians you guys sort it out yeah they would fucking raid us cause that's yeah, their that's what society I like where would it bleed over you know what I mean like what, would you get a bunch of criminals from the modern side you know say we got guns and shit we're gonna come over there and take shit from the fucking right, Indians exactly that would happen. So you would have bad you would have bad apples on both sides of the mountains. You would, man. But at the end of the day, it's it, it's you're gonna have bad apples on both sides, no matter what. But you have two societies that operate on a fundamentally different level. They couldn't coexist. They could not coexist. Like if we if we found out that our bad apples were doing that, we would punish them. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. for the most part, I'm not. But yeah, if we found out that oh, there's a group of whatever, like they would get punished, and throughout. Our history, yeah, not all the time, but people who, like, did shit to the Indians would get fucking punished. That was not the case on the Indian society. Because to them, raiding was part of their... That's how they got by. That's how they... was just part of their society. Right. You know what I mean? It's just what they did. It's how they, you know... It's just what they did. And so, they didn't get punished. Yeah, they found out, like, a group of braves, like, went and raided a fucking farm, stole a bunch of sheep, and happened to shoot one of the the fucking, you know, cow hands and kill them in the process. They're not getting punished. Yeah. 
So it's two, it's just two different sets of rules. Two totally different sets of rules. And how and they can't coexist. How can you have them even like rubbing up against each That's other? That's the thing. You can't have them rubbing up against with each other. With one. They, they can't interact at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Like. With one where like killing the other is just not that big a deal. And, and again, and then you run into this problem though. It's like, okay, when you look at the Indians as a total whole, they weren't causing problems. It was a minority of hot-headed young men. Sound familiar? Which is pretty... This is the problem with the Bedouin society, right? Like, what's going on in the Middle East, like, they are very much like the Native American society. Like, killing is not seen the same way. Right? Like, honor killings, you know, like, it's just, it's not seen the same way. And so, and then you have, like, this minority of hot-headed young men, you know, where our societies are rubbing up against each other, in, in their point of view, like going and killing infidels and doing raids of, of that type is not necessarily frowned on, right? But like ours is, right? Like we're, we're living in this thing. Like if our soldiers go over and fuck up them, like it is, it, it's not good. Like it, it, it is frowned upon universally. But somebody goes and suicide bombs some fucking dudes on our side and... They're not getting punished. No, and it's well, they're they're blown up. What? But you know what I mean, though. But it's not. Right. They're not condemned globally. Right. You know. So so the next guy in line going like, man, should I do that? He doesn't feel like you know, like you know, if you're a U.S. soldier and you go do that shit, that's wrong. That's you wrong. know you're doing wrong. Yeah. If you're a fucking suicide bomber in that society, or you're you know one of those hot-headed young men, like you don't necessarily yeah. know you're doing wrong. You got enough elements in your society still encouraging you to follow the old ways that you get, you know, okay, maybe this isn't wrong. It's like, again, like how, how, how do you, how do we fundamentally exist where you have these, you know, these two different societies? You can't coexist. It sounds, but that's the problem. It's like the Indian um, extinction was inevitable because there was no way that they, that those two societies, that's, so now what is, I don't know. I how does that play out in this day and age? How does that play out in this day and age? Right. Right? Like, do we really put our foot down and say, no, this type of society where killing is not frowned upon universally uh, is incompatible with modern society, society and we cannot have it. And we're going to do whatever the fuck we have to to stomp it out and put well. And it doesn't go well, right? Like, you look at, like, the Indians today. Like, it, it has not gone well. Right. It's not gone well. And you, and you look at like the Middle East, like the it's guys not, in Gaza. and like Gaza. Well. It's not going well. But it's like, I don't, what's the answer, right? Like you have this society that is completely incompatible with modern, just polite society. And they don't want to fucking uh, integrate with it. They see it as the enemy. So, but they have the oil. That's the bitch of the bunch. That is the bitch of the, the bunch. The bitch of the bunch. If they didn't have anything we needed, we could just let them. As with the Indians, man, as long as we didn't want their land, as long as it was like it didn't have gold right. or, you know, the West, right? The West used to be like, you know, the fucking Ohio River or something like that, right? Like, like the Mississippi was like the far West. And, you know, anything West of the Mississippi was just like yeah, Indian. Yeah, they will never need it. There's so much land that we already have. We'll never need that. We don't need that land at all. We, they can have it. That's why they'd sign these treaties saying like, oh, you can have this land until the, the, fun, the sun stops shining and the rivers run dry, right? And it's like, 
five years later, they're like button up against their land. And now you're getting the rubbing, like, oh, we're getting some raids here and some white settlers coming over and taking some land here. And then they come in and they're like, hey, man, this land suddenly has value to us. So remember that treaty we signed five years ago that said this was your land forever? <laughs> we didn't quite mean that. So, yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very similar. Fucking, it is a... Eerily similar. Eerily similar, man. It's just on a much larger scale. And, and then also we have so much more access to information, so we're more privy to what's going on. Yeah. You know, because you, you had, you know, back in those days, you know, there was probably normal Joes way up on the East Coast just living their life, you know, doing whatever they're doing. No one, no idea what's going on over by Mississippi. Yeah. You know, they, they don't know. They just kind of hear inklings of it here and there. Yeah, and then it's kind of the newspapers. I will say, like that was one of the things. Like United States was because they were a democratic society, and and especially a new one. And part of being a democratic society is the voters need to be informed. This is something right. we've lost, but we used to be like really literate, and like people used to like it used to be considered uh, like normal for you to be up on the day's events and to be able to discuss them. On some, and obviously, the dude working a fucking his hoe in the field or whatever but like yeah like they had a bunch of newspapers and in the news of the day was like definitely a thing so it's different though right because it would take a month right yeah exactly. so what you're saying isn't isn't wrong they would get inklings and it would be slow today it's like instant it's fucking instant instant so yeah it's a different so that changes the dynamic of it also yeah it does it's 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 interesting man you start to see how our indian policy affected like, I don't think that it's a coincidence that, like, you know, we, um, I don't know, man. I think there's, there's a guilt that the, that the nation and the government feels on some level over how all of that was handled and the desire to go in and just exert heavy-handed force over an indigenous people. It's just not something we want to do, you know? And it's like, we gotta, man, we gotta I, be their friends. I, I don't think there's a guilt on a government level. I just think... Okay, not a guilt. I guess PR. They know it, it plays badly. Exactly. Yeah, I that's guess that's what, right. That, that's what it is. That's more it is. They don't give a fuck. They have a PR guilt. Yes. <laughs> that's what it's they a, got. It's an optics thing. Yeah, it's an optics it, thing. It's a, oh, people, <laughs> people are more privy to what we're doing, so we have to be a little more yeah, cautious. This does not go well. Right. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, I would I would agree with... I, I think that's a better description of it, but... Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man. Don't Solving know all the world's is. problems here. I hope you guys Fuck, dude. <laughs> so far, dude, this has been the most depressing episode ever. I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced it's a, it's a simulation because this is the golden age of human civilization and we're going nowhere. And, uh, and now we're just discussing parallels. between the, yeah, 1830s Indian Wars and the modern shit in the Middle East and the quagmires and we get created. It's, uh, Yeah. I'm glad I'm not in charge. I just like to do jujitsu. I have simple solutions. I don't, you know, play, like last episode, police brutality was my solution. <laughs> International <laughs> police brutality. Yeah, maybe national police brutality is the situation, the simple solution. Nah, I don't know what it is, man. I don't think there ever is one. That's the thing. There's not. There's no one simple solution. No. It's not. It's not a simple problem. No, because at the end of the day, you're always gonna have. Societies that look at things differently, yep. and that's just you're always going to have friction when that happens, and then uh, sometimes that friction is going to get real hot. So, 
Speaking of that, let me change it to jujitsu conversation. Yeah. So what'd you think about? So when we got done training last Sunday evening. Yeah. It's kind of related because of problems and solving. And, you know, and after we got done training open mat last Sunday evening, I brought to uh, there was a good group of what ten of us or so. Mm. I brought to people's attention because I, I noticed a pattern emerging yes. amongst all my training partners. And as a school, you know, we spend quite a bit of time on passing. Just passing open guard daily, whatever. You're passing, 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 passing. Recently, yes. Recently, and I, I, I just saw this pattern emerging to where, like, yeah, we get we're getting people that are getting good at passing and then being for oh, they're getting good at jujitsu. You know, they're but then I really look and I feel and I train with them. Yeah, they might be getting good at passing, but that's one portion of jujitsu. It is one portion. That's only one. From, and, and, you know, I do, I fully understand from a sport aspect of jiu-jitsu, you can take that type of game and be really successful in competition because you can pass, get your points, and then... And if somebody recovers. And let them, let them, kind of let them recover. Well, even if you don't let them, but let, you're just really good at passing. passing. Like, your, your side control retention sucks. Sucks. So they, they square back up to you. Yeah. And you pass, and again. You pass again. And, 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 can, and so you can rack up points, yeah. you can win from a sport. Yeah. So I understand the benefit of that there. But it could be like I just I just see this hole developing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are getting good at passing, but uh, that's great. You're good at passing, but now what? Now what? Yeah. You know, now what? Yeah. So what'd you think about that? I brought that to people's attention. No, it was good, I was man. If it was received well. You know, I don't. You never know how those things are received. Yeah. But uh, I thought that it was. Uh, no, I mean you're right, and that's it's one of those things. Like we talked about it when I was thinking about the curriculum for fruit of BJJ, which is, you know, do you spend a month on one position or one thing? Cause in it, during that month, like you don't really get exposed to any of the other elements of jujitsu. Right. Right. And so, like I said, for the last, you know, month or so, like there's definitely been a lot of passing, uh, pass emphasis on in the teaching there. And so you see that, but like you said, now they, they pass the guard, then what? Then what? Right, it's okay. They, they they understand psych. That you know they understand what these positions are on an intellectual level, but like they don't understand them well enough to retain them. And so it's almost like, man, as hard as that was to keep you from passing my guard, that was just way too easy to get out of there. Like you know, you worked way too hard to get that to just lose it that easily. And uh, so yeah, that's I, I think that. That, that you know, yeah, it's spot on, man. And that's where I think that for a lot of people it becomes um, where you got to make your own journey, yeah. right? Like if you're if if you're going through a period right now where you know the you're getting a lot of passing or, or whatever one thing in in class, and it's like, man, you got to make sure with your drill time you're working some other things and and rounding those things out because yeah, man, you got to be well rounded with it. But I know because I've been back to training regularly since December. Mm-hmm. That's when I was, you know, came back after knee surgery, and I've noticed that pattern since then. Yeah. And so we're you know, almost all of December, all of January, almost all of February. Yeah. So I noticed it emerging, and finally I was like, "All right." Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted to like point it out to people, like, "Hey, listen, there's other." Yeah. Like, you're doing good here. Yeah. So now let's let's evolve a little bit. I think like, you can't you can't you don't want to get rid of it. No. But it's time to like focus on something else possibly. Yeah. I think part of that too is just uh um I don't know, 
put it. Like understanding the concept of, I mean, really at its most fundamental level, like inside position, man. In the, it, who's got the inside position? And that, that's what's happening is that people get past the guard and they don't secure inside position themselves or they do and then they don't recognize that they're losing inside position. Like when you were getting that underhook, that was the thing. It's like you get the underhook. Okay, now you've got inside position and now you can start using it. And if they don't do something to either regain that or address what you're trying to do, you're going to use it and get out. Mm -hmm. And I just think that you know, a lot of times like they don't recognize that they're losing position until it's so late that there's nothing they can really do. And then it's too late. And that's where, you know, the, the, the principles, those principles that we talk about, it becomes important that people understand that. Cause even if you don't know what the fuck to do, but you feel like, you know, Oh man, he's getting under me here. Like that's not good. Just, just, you know, feel that and then address that even if it's wrong and I feel like that was kind of what yeah. you were saying was like people would not do anything. They would sit there and maybe like try to hold on tighter without realizing like, no, man, this underhook is, I'm out of here. If you don't do something, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And you got to change angles. You got to shoot for a fucking darse choke. Like something. something, man. Something. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I totally agree. That's, uh, you know, one of the reasons I got the curriculum set up, you know, like I do where... You know, we're spending a week on one thing and then we move, we're trying to make sure we're doing things from the bottom, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, yeah. So I feel like I look at our curriculum, man, I'm like, this is fucking, it's all right, you know, it's pretty good. I feel like my, I'm rolling with the guys, you know, we're getting, this is the end of the eighth week and so we're about halfway through it now and just rolling with the guys that have been training with me that time. And it's just cool. You start to see them like evolving, fight, fight for an underhook, mm -hmm. or you know, recognize a position or something. And, and so it's, uh, but yeah, you, you got to have some sort of uh, some sort of plan for how you're gonna do that. But I agree, man. I think that I think position. Just people need to understand, like, what the fuck are you looking for in a position, mm -hmm. and how to control it, and then how to maintain control. Because that's where your submissions come from. Like, that's it. It's like, I get in a position, and then you react to it. And then, you know, my reaction hopefully will open up uh, an, opportunity. an opportunity for an elbow or fucking, you know, something I can start working on a submission for. So, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's funny, man. The kids, you see that with the kids. We were, uh, I haven't let them do submissions when we roll. And it's not because you know, I'm necessarily worried about it, but my suspicion, which was confirmed this last week, is that as soon as you let kids go for submissions, position doesn't mean shit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get an arm bar, and they're just like grabbing for an arm. I'm going to get a choke, and they're just like grabbing people's faces, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, this is not what we practice, right? Like, we practice good backpack. We practice good mount. We practice like good control in these positions, and you guys are just abandoning those just grabbing, a limb. grabbing a limb and going I'm like this is like white belt man right here <laughs> and but uh, yeah so I think I'm gonna start limiting the submissions again dude because it, it was funny man we'd gone over backpack like back control and then I showed him just how to do a rear naked choke just for fun and then one of the kids is like can we do submissions and I'm like alright you guys know enough we've gone over to Americana we've gone over a few basic things you know take it easy on your training partner 
sure enough, man, I'm looking around. It's just like double face pranks <laughs> from people with no hooks, right? I'm like, what are you doing? Get your backpack yeah, control. Yeah, figured out how to connect them yet. No, 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 no. They're just like, I'm getting a submission. Adults do the same thing, though. They do. Adults do almost the exact same thing. Yeah, they get greedy. I, yeah, I, I joke about it, man. Like, purple belts make a career out of white belts getting greedy. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got me in a bad position, and then you do something stupid. You fucking go for that arm bar, and you just swing your leg a mile over my head. Or you go for mount, and you just, like, try to step over. Just something, like, stupid. And now I recovered. And, well, thank you. That was easy. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing to get people to see gotta control those positions yep. so yeah man what would uh... I mean I bring that up because I think it's important for people to think about it's good to have a focus you know when you're drilling and training but it's it's also good to know when you've taken it too far you know and it's hard it's, when you're new it's hard to know that yeah <clears throat> yeah because you know, when you're new too, you know, we've talked about it before, you start just kind of collecting techniques. You don't really understand how's, why's, wins. Yeah. And you see that. And so I think it's important, you know, for, you know, someone like myself or more advanced students to point that out to people. Like, hey, listen, you're kind of missing the big picture here. Yeah. You're, you're at a point now where you're just collecting techniques again. Like, you got to, why are you doing this? <clears throat> you know, where, where are the fights? The techniques will come once you know the whys. Yeah. And, <clears throat> yeah, it's, sorry. <clears throat> Turmeric coffee. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, just, I, I just, I saw that because, yeah, because I, you know, and also, because passing the guard, too, there's a lot of athleticism that can go into it. So you get someone that's real athletic and strong, you know, the risk for injury goes up because and, and people are just a little reckless. And so I was just like, all right, man. I, I was I was just getting bored and I was getting annoyed. Like, all right, dude, here, what? You want to pass the guard so hard just to get the side control? Why just take side control? Yeah. Fucking, you can start off with cross face grips, whatever you want. Like this will this will be better for everybody involved. <laughs> and so I started letting everybody do that. And yeah. I was just seeing these holes, like these glaring fucking holes, like oh. Yeah, it's funny. I I kind of started doing the same thing too. It's just a strategy because yeah. to get them in. Because it's so easy to recover. Like, that's how I get half guard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't get half guard because they're running around or do, run doing around. a thing. It's like, okay, look, man. Start to pass. Okay, now, we're, oh, there's my half guard. Now we can start doing some shit. <laughs> now we can do jujitsu. Yeah, now we can do some jujitsu. Now we can fucking do some jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, man. It's, it's a, uh, yeah. It's uh, a fine line. It's a fine it's line. It's all part of the game. You got to learn and evolve and grow and. Yeah, I mean, part of it is you got direction is is definitely important, yeah. and I think that's where like you, you know, mentioning something comes in, and uh, I think that man, I'll just say again, like I, I think that this is why having a curriculum at least for the basics class is important. Yeah, it's like man, if you want to go over passing in the advanced class, if you want to spend fucking three months just hammering away on passing in the advanced classes. Have at it, man. But like, people should have at least some resource, foundation. some some foundational resource that they're able to go to and draw from. 
whether they're a beginner just starting out or whether they've been doing it for a while and they need to, hey man, great, I've been working on my passing a bunch, but I still need to work on my fucking side control escapes or right. my closed guard arm bars or whatever whatever it is. So like, you know, having that curriculum for the for the that foundation for the basics class, I think kind of helps mitigate well, and some of those like things. Like we've talked about before, giving people those roadmaps. Yeah. Because that was another thing that, you know, what annoyed me that I didn't know, there was only a couple of you guys that would even come close to like trying to take my back, like get the side control. Like, dude, I use side control. And, you know, there's some some submissions from there. But I, said, I yeah. use that to set up the mount or take the back. Yes. That's the way I see it. Like, it's just a progression. Dude, I felt almost nobody trying to, like, I would make mistakes on purpose. Like, okay, I'm going to expose my back. Yeah. No attempt. Like, what is going on here? I thought... Like, your sole purpose in life in jiu-jitsu is to take someone back and strangle the fuck out of them. <laughs> yeah, know? it's a good purpose. Like, yeah, it's a good purpose. You know, that's the way I take their back, fucking strangle them. Or mount and strangle, strangle them. Right, one of the two. One of the two. Those are the two best things, man. Yeah. If you make that as your sole purpose in jiu-jitsu, mount, strangle, back, strangle. Those are really good focuses. And it creates a lot of other shit in the process. Yes. And so I would present some of those opportunities. And I, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Why is someone not mounting and strangling me or fucking back and strangling me? Like, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. Learn how to advance the position yes. from side control advance. is super important. I guess yeah. we spent this week on Neon Belly. Like, yeah. that was the whole week was Neon Belly. And I was like, I was like, Neon Belly, you use it for three things. You know, one, to you're in side control and someone starts to turn into you real hard. And you can use Neon Belly to shut, flatten them back out. Yeah. You can use it to uh, set up some attacks you know there's definitely some attacks from there but the main thing is going to mount mm-hmm. and it's driving that knee across and knowing how to control and like once you know how to do it it's like it, it's almost ridiculously easy mm-hmm. like if once you get in the position and you know how to do it right but it's it's doing it and it's knowing like okay this is what i'm trying to do when i get to side control like man i'm looking for an elbow or my knee on the belly like that's you know, if, they, if they've got their knees up and I can't get the knee on the belly, you know, and I'm doing this, then I start to like, okay, what can I do with the elbow? And then when I do the elbow, it, it opens it, up the it opens space. Up, the yeah, belly. they can only focus on, on upper body or lower body. And so, yeah, if I can get one of those two things, I can advance my position. If I get a fucking figure four, like, dude, a lot of times I'm ending up on their back mm-hmm. or something, going for the arm bar or coming in for the back. And otherwise I'm getting to the mount. But if you don't know how to use that knee on belly position properly, you get lost. I think that that's like this, you know, it's this, uh, people know about it and they go over it once in a while. But like, if you don't really understand how to use it properly, then that's a big giant part of advancing from side control and advancing your position is knowing how to use that knee on belly to control and advance and and elicit responses and shit like that. Exactly. So, because yeah, if you get someone with really good side control defense, if they're not really forcing the action to try to get out of there, yeah, it could be difficult. Yeah, and so a yeah, belly is a good, good answer to that problem. Yeah, you can, you can create some discomfort or whatever the case may be to you know create some opportunities. Yep. Yeah, man. I just, I, just, I didn't know. I just. No, I think I think it's. Uh, hopefully, the message got across. Yeah, I think that to it our did. Fellow training partners. I think that uh, yeah, I mean challenging people let them know like hey man, there's as a group, you know, we, we tend to uh, 
focus on certain things and then yeah. not focus on others. And so, That's good. yeah, I think it's important because again, we're we really at the end of the day is you make that you point that out for a selfish reason, right? Because you want them to get better. I need, I need some more challenges. Right, yeah. It's like, this is too easy, man. I need you guys to get better at this because, you know, like, I want to get better at getting out of it. So. Then, speaking of that, I get one of my plans for drilling today is there's something I always do inside control that i got to find a good solution so I can tell you guys a good solution to it. Because I do it all the time. And no one, there's only a couple people that have done, like Randy was mauling it yesterday. <laughs> but that's, that's a different case. But there's a, most people haven't came up with a good solution. I know, and it's not like a great technique or great move or space, but I'm going to drill today. I'm going to have you do that. And I'm going to find some good solutions so I can show everybody like this. When I do this, fucking do this. Do this. <laughs> yeah. And it's good to shut that down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's why, uh, I mean, again, I, I'm prejudiced, obviously. I think that that's one of the I, I, the reasons like I, I structure the classes the way that I do is that's exactly it, man, is, is having the opportunity to see what the hell the people do wrong and then, uh, okay, as a group, right? We're all kind of making this mistake, 80% yeah. of us, right? So this is what we're going to, you know, do this. And so that's why I like to do the specific training. You know, we'll, we'll work on a technique. So again, like this week was Neon Belly. And then we'll do some specific training from Neon Belly. You know, it's like if you're on, if you're Neon Belly, you're trying to either get a submission or advance your position, a mount or back. And if you do, reset. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the bottom, you're trying to make space and get out. You know, something. If you do, reset. And again, it's good because you know that if I make a mistake, like I just get to go back and do it again. I don't have to be smashed and mount for five minutes right. or like, like reset and try again. Right or up down out. You know, it's like you got to go to the back of the line. And it's right. like, okay, it could be like another minute or two before you get to go again. And, and so uh, just that, that freedom of just, okay, I get to try shit. But then it allows me to go around and, and train with everyone too and get a chance to like, okay, all you guys are falling for this. All you guys are falling for this. And that's basically what you did last Saturday. Yep. You know, you got a chance to train with everyone. And you're like, all right. Everybody's we're, we're making this fucking mistake. Guys. As a group. Yes. And it's, but that's, a, I think that that's important you know, if it is, is a coach to, to do and make note of and, and have a, you know, have those talks. Like that's, that's coaching yeah. is, uh, identifying what people are doing. And, and I think that too, I like what you're, what you're doing because I guess if I would say like any, any negative was, uh, I guess you kind of did is like not telling people what not to do. Right. Right. Giving them a solution. And so again, I think that's what you're you're trying to do. Okay, I need I need to be more positive, right? Like tell people do this, like not don't do this. Because right. I think if anything, last week it kind of came across a little bit more like don't do this, as opposed to do this. I think that was my frustration. <laughs> it was, and it's hard, man. It's a fine line, and I'm not gonna say it was 100 percent that right. because you did you did say some things like change your angle, and you, you did point out some things to do. But the heart of it was kind of <laughs> negative. Don't do this. Don't like, do stop this. doing this, mm -hmm. man. Like, re you know, recognize and do something. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but then, yeah, like, but then giving them a positive, like, you know, it's not don't do this. It's do this instead. You know, recognize this is happening, and then do this. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but uh, you know, that's that's coaching, man. Dude, I think it's so important to coaching. It's funny you bring that up, but I noticed that when I went on my uh, backcountry skiing thing a couple weeks ago. Um, our guide, you know, we had some conversations throughout the day 
you know, because she's responsible for all our safety. Yeah. And there's times where we're out of earshot. So it's all like hand signals and pole signals. And she made the point of saying, listen, when I'm giving signals, it's always going to be positive. What I mean is do something. Like I'm never going to like give you like don't go here. It's always going to be wherever I point or wave that means do that. She's like, all my signals will always be positive, so there's no miscommunication. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, that's genius. Yeah. When you're responsible for a group of people, you know, in the mountains, there's no, like, oh, she's waving. I need to pay attention to what she's waving. Oh, is she saying don't go here or go here? Yeah. Your life could depend on it. Because you could end up in a fucking crevasse or over a cliff. So whatever way she's pointing, did she say not go? Was there a cross before that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pointing over there? You know, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. It's a positive. Yeah. It's in a positive direction. In those environments, especially, I'm sure you know this from like snowboarding. It's like you don't, don't look where you don't want to go. Exactly. I'm not like, oh, there's that edge. Don't go over that edge. (laughs) It's like, dude, that's the surest way to go over the edge. Exactly. So you don't tell someone what not Not to do. do. You tell them, focus here. This is where you focus. Yep. And, And if you do that, then it'll... But it's funny because like the thought is, well, if I tell you what not to do you and you don't do, right do that, you'll do the right thing. That's not how it works. But it's just not how the human brain works, no, man. it's not how it works. It's not how it works. It's a negative. That was one of those things that Lenny Basham guy in that uh, with Winning in Mind book kept pointing out is that, you know, how you frame things is so important. So like telling a kid what not to do is not the same it. thing. As t- you're, exactly. You're almost planting a seed in their head. Yeah, telling them don't strike out is one of the surest ways to get them to strike sure. out. Yep. You know, don't go out there and get fucking armbarred is one of the surest ways to get them go armbar, right? So it's like, yeah, what do you want them to do? Get them to focus on that process and then, you know, the other stuff will take care of itself. But it's just so much easier when you're, you know, like what not to do is so glaring. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to be like, you know, don't do that. Yeah, don't, you know, give me so much space when you're doing that or whatever it is. But... Yeah, it takes a second because to think we, about what would you do instead. Be, yeah, because that is the easy thing. You see the problem, and it's easy just to blurt out the mouth, don't do that. This is the problem. This is the problem. But that's a problem-focused right. way of looking at it. It's not a solutions-focused so it's, way. It's, yeah, it takes a minute to be like, okay, here's the problem. What do I want them to do instead? Okay, let's just tell them this. Yeah. It takes a minute to back up because your knee-jerker's reaction is like, quit doing that. What's the solution? <laughs> and, it's, and it's important, too. Like, you know, you have that same conversation with yourself. Yes. Like when you're training stuff, it's never like, don't, you know, do like, this. Do this. It's like, do this instead. Do this. And, you know, I find myself having to fight that. And it's like, yeah, like I have this habit of reaching across when people are starting to come around past my guard instead of fishing for the underhook. So it's real easy for people to backstep or do whatever to come around. And so I'm like having to think, like instead of thinking like, you know, don't reach for the the far leg, it's like, I got to think, go for the underhook, go for the underhook. And as long as I'm going for the underhook, then the other shit works out fine. But yeah, that's, it is funny, man. That is like a, a prime example. I was watching one of those videos, which I never got the review <laughs> thing going. Well, you said they weren't ready. I don't know they're ever going to be ready, dude. I thought <laughs> that was a pretty ambitious project they were trying to take on. That was, I was a brown belt when they came around. That was the first year we went to Masters World mm-hmm. as a group. And they were going around taking that crowd survey. Yeah. And that is the same people. It's the same people, yeah. And that is and that was over three years ago. Yeah. Because I got promoted to Black about three years ago in February. And so that was like the August before then. So it's over three years ago. Well, dude, that was like January. I had the 
it was supposed to be the end of January when I had my video in and they're like, oh, we're not ready. We'll be ready in a few weeks. And it's like, here we are in February. And I still don't understand the business model because for what they're charging, it doesn't make any sense. Like, because you look at like... Probably the, why it's not working. Yeah, you look at like the feedback that you're supposed to get from the coach and the, and the feedback is supposed to come within like 24 hours. And so, you know, yeah, I, I'm not like trying to do the math in my head. It's like, dude, it would pro it's probably going to take about half an hour. I would say like half an hour, give or take, to do a video review, review the video, give the feedback, do all the stuff, like maybe 20 minutes, but 20 minutes to half an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what would you have to get paid for that to be worth your time? Like 20 bucks, 20, 30 bucks. And then you're only doing them a couple, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like you'd have to do enough of that for it to be worth your time. Cause otherwise it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like if you're just getting like five a week and you're making like another hundred, two hundred dollars, but you're every time that fucking little alert goes off, you've got, Oh fuck, oh, I got fuck. 24 hours right. to get that, back. That, yeah. That's a, them saying you'll get your response in 24 hours is dumb. They, they need to be like, Hey, you submit your videos. Our coaches review them. And then they give you your info out on Sundays or something. You know, that, yeah. that way you give the coaches a week to review or something. I'd give them like one to two business days or something. Something. Yeah, like a couple business days. So at least they're not like on the weekend. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, man, it's just as a businessman or myself, I'm looking at that. I'm like, dude, I don't know where, how that's working. But it's not, apparently. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> that's not unusual, man. I mean, you look at like, dude, fucking even like Uber or whatever, still like losing money yeah. or whatever. Like the model doesn't make sense, but like somehow. It works. So you you think that man, I can start something that doesn't make sense in the beginning, and we'll figure it out as we go. And sometimes that pays off. Sometimes it does. Yeah, you get the money, you get some investor. Yeah, if you got deep enough pockets yeah. to withstand the sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember I was talking about it. it's like you build this fancy car and you're racing it towards a wall. Yep. And you're just hoping that someone's gonna buy the car from you before you before crash it into the wall. Yeah. Like that's pretty much what it is, man. So, someone just keeps pumping fucking money into that car to keep it going until it hits the wall or they cut the money or something or somebody buys it. Those are the three things that happens to those companies. Yeah. So, I wonder what they're hoping to sell to. Like ESPN? Some part of the ESPN Plus <laughs> fucking package? Who knows? Who knows? Man. Probably wouldn't thought that far out. No. No, apparently not. So, Anyway, cool. That's all I got, man. That's all you got? Yeah, man. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Go we solved all the world's problems. Go eat some bread before we, we go train. Talk about a little bit about jujitsu. We did, man. Surprising. I think that how you talk to yourself, being solutions focused and not problems focused, it's such a subtle thing, man. And it's, it's so huge. hard. It, it, but because it, the yeah, the problems focused thing is so easy. Yeah, this is my problem. This always happens to don't, me. Don't do this. But then you start thinking, then you become that person. Yeah. I'm the person that has this problem. Whereas like if I'm looking for a solution to this problem, now you're the person that's looking for a solution, not the person that has a problem. Mm -hmm. And again, it sounds like woo-woo nonsense, but it makes a huge difference in how your brain actually attacks that. So yeah. It's important, so have a good mindset, people. Sweet. Be solutions focused. That's right. All right. See we'll ya. Leave it at that. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. 
Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Your time's too, no clue, but soon a brief fun suit Might give you a view to choose Stay tuned, include, won't conclude To the end is near be where there's consequences But what you do to me